It's your boy Greg G with another segment of From the Mind of Boz within the Weekly Breakdown with Boz podcast. And it is your boy Greg G. And coming off a weekend with a great NFL combine, a lot of interesting moments, you know, good things to watch there. Learned a lot. Saw some speed, um, some definitely moving up of the draft board based upon your needs and based on those high numbers such as Henry Ruggs. But with that, that lets us know that we're getting ranging closer and closer to the NFL draft. And along with the NFL draft comes that uh, wheeling and dealing season right before the draft of uh, moving free agents, um, you know, quarterbacks moving around the league there. And this might be the most interesting moves within the quarterback ranks that we may have ever seen in this free agency season before the draft. I mean, you think about it, there's so much, um, so many people saying that Tom Brady is moving. He's not going to be a Patriot anymore. You know, people are saying he's going to go to Tennessee. Because it would be a Tennessee Titan, what does that say? That Mariota would have to be gone, right? would also have to think that that would also mean that Ryan Tannehill, also gone because neither one of those are going to want to sit around behind Brady for a couple of seasons. I wouldn't think with that, you know, Brady goes to um, Tennessee with that offense, with that nice offensive line. <coughs> See me, Derrick Henry there, a better wide receiver core, I'd say, and possibly the uh, Patriots this past season. Then where does uh, Mariota end up? Where does Tannehill end up? You know, that'll be interesting to see. Along with that, I mean, we have a lot of other things going on. Of course, Drew Brees signed again with the Saints. That leaves Teddy Bridgewater probably trying to get out of New Orleans. Where does Teddy go? Uh, you know, there's some talk that Teddy might be going. A good spot for Teddy might be the Carolina Panthers. Uh, with that being said, then where does Cam go? I mean, Cam, I think, would be a great fit in Chicago. I mean, I think they have the defense that he had. When he went to the Super Bowl and was NFL MVP, as well as some of the off- same offensive uh, firepower, if not better than what he had when he was NFL MVP, and they represented the NFC in the Super Bowl against the Broncos. I think that'd be a very interesting fit, a bigger guy, a much better offensive line. Uh, you know, I think um, he fits well with the, the when it gets cold. I think you know you can. He would run the ball uh, effectively there, you know, in those um, third and short in the snow or high wind. You don't want to be really be passing the ball. You have a good option in Cam Newton. You know, I still think he has some um, durability left in him. I don't think he is done. I think that he was. I think he's done in Carolina, but I think for a team on the verge of being great, <clears throat> excuse me, Cam Newton might be the very best thing for them. With that being said, if the you know the uh, if the Bears do move and get like a uh, Cam Newton type, then what does what happens to Mitch Trubinsky? Does uh, Mitch just not have a place in the league anymore? Does he look to the XFL? I mean, I wouldn't think too many teams would be interested in Mitch. Now, I don't know if he is going to move or not because I don't think his contract is some. It's something many of any teams want to take up at this time. I think he's had a very disappointing two-year span there. And with that being said, I'm not sure if Chicago is going to be able to move with him. So they might be stuck with Mitch. But I really think that if they're going to make a move, 
do so when Cam is still available. <coughs> See me other possible quarterbacks on the move there. I mean, it looks like Jameis is not going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. You would think that he definitely is too good not to be in the league. So where is Jameis going to go? Yes, he had 30 interceptions last year, but he also had 30 touchdowns. Had a very productive passing season there outside of those interceptions. So I got the LASIK surgery. So it'll be interesting to see what he does and where he goes. Along with that, who else, what, what else do we have? I mean, Dak uh, still hasn't exactly signed with the Cowboys. Now, more than likely, Dak's going to be the quarterback in the, for, for the foreseeable future in Dallas. Now, there was some talk about what if the Cowboys go out to Brady. Don't see that happening. Uh, don't think that makes a lot of sense, considering that, I mean, Dak is still a young guy. Um, you know, he's had some good numbers, um, you know, with the right system, I think Dak can be a, a you know a great All-Pro quarterback. He's shown signs of greatness. Some of the system has uh, hurt his hurt his stock a little bit at times. There, uh, you know, there's those that think that he should just take the 35 million that he's been offered. But you know, Dak feels like, hey, I'm just as good as some of these guys getting 40 some million. Let me get the money. So it'll be interesting to see how that does play out. You know, of course, Philip Rivers still available. Philip Rivers uh, very much could be going. I'm thinking somewhere in Florida, maybe Jacksonville, somewhere like that, because I mean, it looks like that they are. <clears throat> see me running. It looks like they are done with Nick Foles in Jacksonville after the one year. Not sure if uh, Gardner Minshew is who Jacksonville wants to put their put as their franchise guy or not so possibly I would think that Philip Rivers very much in contention there and of course has been the Philip Rivers talk that he is going to uh, Indianapolis as well you know if that were the case if Philip Rivers goes to be the quarterback in Indianapolis I would think probably that Brissett wants to get out of there you know Brissett uh, the starter since Andrew Luck retired showed moments that he can be a good starting quarterback uh, but, you know, more than likely, you know, I would think he would want to move around as well. Um, you know, that also leaves the um, the opening there with Drew Brees coming back as well. Then possibly Teddy Bridgewater leaving. Also, Taysom Hill has said he wants to be an NFL starting quarterback. Get that opportunity. Would anybody give him an opportunity? That I don't know. But will he leave the Saints in order to do so? We'll wait and see. But... They know that's another interesting thing. You know, he was a solid quarterback at, uh, at BYU, came to the league, been like a, uh, army, army, uh, Swiss army knife with the, with the Saints, the way he, uh, returns kicks, uh, you know, he can, uh, punt, he can pretty much do it all for them, put, could play defense if they want to go out and catch passes, throw some passes. But he wants to be an NFL quarterback, so we'll see how that does play out. And you know, and then there's also those that are, uh, you know, there's been rumblings that the Redskins want to move on away from Haskins already, that they want to see if they might want to go after Tua, you know, kind of like how Arizona, as soon as they, uh, they got away and went after, came from OU last year. I mean, it's crazy. Just how quickly people sometimes move along. Quarterback uh, Dwayne Haskins there, first year 
in Washington. Didn't play that much when he did. Wasn't that great. Uh, you know, there's been rumblings that he doesn't can't read a playbook for any reason. To be, um, how true is that? Who knows? You know, and that's coming from people who are probably no longer part of the staff. So it'd be interesting to see how that plays out in uh, Washington, uh, D.C. as well. But like I said, I mean, we saw that, <clears throat> excuse me, we saw that very same thing last year in uh, Arizona. You know, they had drafted the kid from UCLA the year before. Uh, didn't have much of an offensive line. Couldn't get anything going. They ship him out, uh, bringing the kid from OU. Uh, you know, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, you know, set the, you know, basically rookie of the year that last year. Uh, for what it was with the, how bad the offensive line was and his, um, and with his size and everything, stayed pretty healthy, put up solid numbers for what it is. I think that it might end up being an okay system for him in Arizona uh, with uh, Kingsbury there as the, the head coach. So, you know, could very well work out. But another interesting thing, you know, just how the red, how quickly teams are to move away from a quarterback so early in their uh, career. Uh, you know, I don't know if the Redskins are going to move away from Dwayne Haskins, but if they do, where you know, where does Haskins, does Haskins have anywhere else to go in the league? Was, is anybody else really interested in the guy? Um, or is he going to fall out of the league and turn into an XFL-type quarterback? Who knows? What that may lead to. But you know, it's going to be a very interesting thing. I mean, we could very well have nine different quarterback moves, you know, the possible starters somewhere else in the league other than where they played this previous NFL season. So, you know, something to think about, something to be entertained by. And then, you know, also with that, you know, if you do, um, you know, pick up a quarterback, um, you know, from this, from free agency, I mean, then at that point, what, how does that affect the draft? I mean, I mean, more than likely we know that Joe Burrow is going to Cincinnati. Now, if the Redskins want to get away from Dwayne Haskins already, I mean, are they going to take two at two? Does that change as far as what Miami does with their, uh, pick? Cause you know, there's been since day one that they were tanking for Tua, but not necessarily the case any longer. Uh, you know, there's, uh, heard something interesting possible about Tua going to, um, Detroit, possibly backing up Stafford for a year. And, you know, Stafford might probably done after this year in Detroit. Um, so that, you know, interesting possible scenario there as well. So, you know, a lot of interesting things in the NFL with the quarterback position to see as far as where, not only players are gonna be picked up too, but also where, where you know where teams are gonna draft their quarterback set. You know the the guy from Oregon, um, Herbert. I mean, he's up and down. Uh, some people really like him; others not sold on him. There probably gonna be a first round pick, but where does he go? You know, there's been talk that he's gonna go be a San Diego Charger. You know, the kind of a West Coast guy. They need a quarterback, but at the same time, I mean, does um. 
you know, they're, I'm not sure how that draws fans. Uh, you know, if there's a team in LA that's not drawing fans, it's definitely the Chargers. You have to have something to sell to the fans of LA because of how, to be honest, outside of the Lakers, there's, there are terrible sports fans and don't show up unless you're winning. And even when you are winning, do they really show up and care? I mean, ask USC. <laughs> They know all about uh, lackluster fans of the Southern California area. So you would have to think that if Brady is not going to be a Patriot, that the Chargers would definitely want to jump on that bandwagon of teams interested in him because the name Tom Brady is going to sell tickets even in L.A. So that would be interesting to see. Also, there's been all the talk about L.A. Excuse me, of course, uh, leaving um, California. California, the Raiders moving to uh, Las Vegas, of course. I mean, what do we, um, there's been all that talk about the two-year, $60 million deal for Brady to Vegas. I mean, that sells itself. I mean, Brady in Vegas, uh, I mean, people are going to want to not only see this new team in Vegas when they're in in town, you know, during the NFL season. But, I mean, Brady, people want to see Brady. People want to see if they can succeed. If Brady can succeed without Belichick. So, I mean, it's going to sell itself in Las Vegas. So, it'll be a very interesting thing there to see, you know. You know, Brady possibly not being a Patriot. What the Patriots do with their quarterback situation because I don't think that you want Jared Stidham to be your franchise quarterback. Not sure if he's going to do anything to make you guys a consistent winner or not, but he hasn't had much of a chance either, so we'll see how that plays out. I'm sure that they will probably go after somebody else in the, either in the draft or, you know, free agency there. But, you know, the Patriots' way has always been to move on from a guy and not give in to demands. You would have to think that the thing, the same would go for Tom Brady, but it's a different thing with the franchise quarterback. Because we do know that the only two consistent things in New England through that whole uh, Super Bowl run has been Brady and Belichick. So if they do split, it'll be interesting to see if either have success or neither have success. And if one has success and not the other, who's more likely to have the success? Is it... uh, is it has it been Belichick's system, this, the Patriots system that has made Brady successful, or has Brady made uh, Bill Belichick a lot more successful than he would be without Brady? We might soon be finding that out. I, I think that they've come to an end there. Um, you know, you saw the awkward interview there at the uh, the Syracuse North Carolina game on Saturday when uh, Belichick, excuse me, when Brady and um, a wide receiver there. Uh, we're at the at the game, so it'll be interesting to see how this all, uh, you know. <laughs> also, I mean, what else do we have, you know, going on in the NFL? I mean, the whole uh, bargaining agreement still hasn't been signed as of yet. You know, last week. Uh, you know, the, the owners thought it was moved it to the Players Association to approve there, or the players to approve of the adding the 17th game of the regular season, adding a team to the playoffs there, cutting a week from the, uh, cutting a week from the preseason that's going to add more money to everybody's 
uh, payroll, some of the higher profile, higher paid players that are basically telling players not to sign for it. Um, you know, with that, we do have, uh, with that, we also have what, I mean, you know, the bottom end players aren't making, I mean, they're making great money compared to us. I mean, they're making several hundred thousand dollars a year. So the regular person can't comprehend, you know, that that's not necessarily a lot of money. But when you have somebody that's making, you know, 10, 15 million dollars at the top of, you know, at the top of the team telling other players not to sign this agreement, is going or to agree to this agreement is going to earn them more money. It's hard for the bottom players to not to stick with the top tier players because the top tier players have money to sit on. I mean, they don't necessarily have to sign the CBA to, to you know stop a strike because they have money. These young these guys young in the league. I mean, they don't have the money to sit around. It'd be interesting to see exactly what moves. I mean, I'm sure it's going to get agreed upon, but at what cost? I mean, the veteran players might be upset, but do they have the clout to have to keep it from being approved by the league? Probably not. Same time, I mean, moving to a 17th regular season game there, you know, going to add a lot, you know, add another game check to everybody. Also with that, you know, we're going to have the, Adding of a playoff team in every every league and in the NFC and the AFC, which basically then leaves one one by per you know side there, you know that. Not sure if I do like this at all. I mean, yes, you'll have the people say it's another week of more football. It's gonna be good for the game there. Just like another week of the regular season, people are gonna say the same thing. But what does it really accomplish? Do you, I mean, there, there might be times, you know, when you have, you know, there's been instances, for example, the year that the Patriots went 11-5 and and didn't get into the playoffs. I mean, at those times, yes, that might very well work where you get an extra team in because, I mean, if you go 11-5 and during the regular season, it should definitely be in the playoffs. But I say most of the time, do we really want to water down the playoffs with adding an extra playoff team? Yes, it's more money for the team. Yes, it's more for everybody involved. But at the same time, I mean, you look at it. This past season, had there been only one team with a bye in the playoffs, and that wild card weekend, we would have had the Chiefs going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Do the Steel did the Steelers really need to be in the playoffs? Not at all. The quarterback play was trash. It was some of the worst I've ever seen throughout an entire season. From top to bottom, I mean, not definitely did not deserve to be in the playoffs. The Chiefs definitely deserved to buy, and it just I, I just don't like it. Some years it may make sense, but for the most part, I say it's not going to make sense. We're going to have a lot more likely to have a seven and nine, an eight and eight, a team that struggled towards the end of the season, um, fumbling their way into the playoffs. Not not what you want to see. For example, in the NFC, probably it's going to Dallas that makes the playoffs. I'm a Cowboy fan, but I don't want to. I don't even want to see them because very well, more than likely they're going to lose that first weekend. 
And I mean, they, you know, a team that, that, that what the Dallas do, what did they go four and eight in their last 12 games of the season. I mean, it was pitiful. I mean, yes, they did beat the uh, Redskins at the end of the season pretty handily, but before that, I mean, the trash, terrible game with no touchdowns against the Eagles. I mean, they had that awful Bears game. The only game that they showed up to was a Rams game. No, thank you. I don't want to see that. I don't think most people want to see that. Don't water down the playoffs. I know that it's probably going to happen. I know that they're going to give... Do you know that they're going to agree to the terms? We're going to move to 17 weeks. We're going to move to one play, one buy per NFC, AFC playoffs. But I don't want to see it even watered down. I don't like it. I think it takes away from the game. But who, what am I? Who am I? Just a guy making a podcast while waiting on my kids to get out of school, <laughs> hoping to get a few listeners. So, I mean, it, it's going to happen, but that's my say on it. And then the other big thing of the NFL weekend that has drawn the ire of some of the players was Tony Romo re-signing with CBS, um, reportedly going to make $17 million a season to call, what, 17 games in the 17 weeks of NFL, uh, you know, some playoff games to make $17 million. Probably, I think his top NFL season uh made nine or ten million so making that much more money as an nfl commentator over being a player that is interesting in itself i know it's drawing the ire of some players who think it's ridiculous that someone calling the game is going to make that much more than those playing within the game there i mean i understand where they are coming from but at the same time he's getting paid by cbs not the nfl you know, if you want to take it up with the NFL, hey, you guys need to organize better. The, the, the Players Association in all professional sports, the NFL Players Association is the most dysfunctional, is the worst run. There's no co- cohesion. They don't work together. I mean, it doesn't work. The NBA works. The Major League Baseball Players Association works for the players. The NFL can't come to terms amongst each other. They're often panicked to sign these bad deals where it, where it um, favors the owners. And it's not a good look. I mean, the NFL doesn't know how to hold, withstand anything. Uh, you know, a lot of these people just want their money and they just want to play but, you know, you hear them complain all the time about the NBA players making this and the MLB players making this and we're only making this and we're taking all these hits. But yet they sign, they agree to the terms. If you guys feel so strongly, you guys got to work together to become a better players union. You got to hold firm longer. The owners know they have the upper hand. They know that most of the time these players are weak-minded, that they're going to cave well before the owners would. Because let's face it, the owners have billions of dollars. A lot of the time, the owners, this is their side business. This isn't what their main focus is. There's some like Jerry Jones, with this is their focus. But at the same time, many don't care to the point that they're going to... Um, it, a strike is a strike. Yes, it takes away from them, but not necessarily. They're still billionaires. They're still making money. These players... Uh, 
some of these guys that aren't making a $20 million, not making, you know, the multi-million dollar contracts, they're just trying to be on a team. You know, they, they're 300000 500000 in the season. It runs out by, you know, my, some of them live. It runs out much quicker than expected. So they want their game checks. They want to sign. They want to agree to the terms. So the owners know they have a high leverage when it comes to this. So, I mean, if you're going to be mad, be mad at the NFL, not not CBS, not Tony Romo. I mean, Tony probably arguably the best announcer in the NFL right now. I mean, the way he calls the game, CSA's on the field, has been simply amazing there. Um, you know, call me biased or not, but he's probably my favorite other than, you know, Troy Aikman, I think two of the best in the game. You know, he, I suppose ESPN was interested in signing him to that Monday Night Football deal. And, you know, CBS wanted to keep their guy, so they paid him well, $17 million. <laughs> Nothing at all that, um, nothing at all not to say other than get your money, Tony. I enjoy where you're at. I know you have to enjoy it as well because, I mean, think about it. Monday Night Football, where Tony Romo was probably going to end up had he been signed with ESPN, doesn't get the best games anymore. Those best games are either that late CBS game and that NBC Sunday Night game. So Tony's going to see much better games and get paid well. So I see why he wanted to go back to CBS and not ESPN. It's a win-win situation for him. People that are upset with it, man, fight the owners. You, you, you can get the CBA you guys want. You just have to withstand the pressure. You have to know what you guys can or can't do. And that you guys have the upper hand and the power should you want it. But the way that the Players Association is set up in the NFL, I highly doubt that they're going to um, withstand. They're going to cave. They're going to give the owners what they want it. The owners are going to get the deal, the CBA that they're looking to get. Because at the end of the day, the players, for the most part, are going to be making more money. But it's not going to be the type of money that some would like to see. It's not going to be the NBA money. It's not going to be the Major League money. Same time, I mean, we all know that that's way, costs way more to have a football team, you know, with 50-some players at least compared to, you know, 12, 13-man roster, NBA roster. You know, it's easier to be able to give out big money. Just like, uh, you know, CBS with their Tony Romo contract. I mean, think of, comparatively speaking, I mean, CBS has, what, eight, ten weekly NFL announcers that they have to pay. So, I mean, they have a lot more flexibility to get big contracts out to the best and the best compared to some of these uh, NFL teams have a lot of People that need to get paid as teams, so, I mean, of course, some people at the top are going to get them big money, but the guys at the bottom, they're not going to get that. So, be, can't be mad at Tony, can't be mad at CBS, it's the NFL problem, because the players can't control what they get, but they're not, don't have the strength and the ability to come together in order to force the, inner, the owner's hand. I mean, eventually the owners will cave. If they know that the players are going to be strong and have the ability to, um, to withstand, uh, you know, to possibly strike if needed there. But I, 
the owners aren't worried because the owners know that they're not gonna, that the players are gonna cave. They don't have the willpower, the strength. They want their money. You know, some of these people panic when they realize they're not gonna get a game check or their weekly check because they're on strike. And the owners know that. I mean, the owners can withstand longer than the players because they have a lot more money than most of the players. Same time, you know, some of these top tier guys that say aren't, but it's not signed can hold out. It's these younger guys, you know, just coming into the league of, you know, the minimum guys that are going to be quick to sign because they want their checks. And that's the majority of the league right there. So unless you're able to convince them or give them incentive to not sign, they're going to sign. So it's up to the players, um, players association, the higher ups within that to figure out what they can and can't do to, you know, keep the owners within within reach where the owners don't have 100% of the power. I doubt that they're going to be able to, but it'll be interesting to see if they withstand longer than they have in the past. So, you know, it's an interesting time in the NFL with all the uh, Q, possible QB switches, um, you know, with the possible ter- changes in the regular season and the playoffs. You know, adding the 17th week, adding a playoff team, taking down a week of the preseason. And then the whole idea behind the money about the, you know, some of these, uh, players wanting to sign others, you know, higher up, um, Aaron Rodgers, et cetera, saying don't sign. So it'll be interesting to see how this, right, so this offseason plays out, you know, with that, with these things and also the draft, it should be Great for TV, great for sports reporting, great for uh, these podcasts because it gives you something great to talk about. And it's good, and you know, the whole time it's good for the NFL because the NFL knows how to uh, live off the attention that the media gives it, whether it be positive or negative, they know how to live off of it. They know how to uh, put that positive spin on it so they're making money. So we know how that's going to play out for the league. But that's all for now. It's your boy Greg G. I'll be sharing this on Facebook. Uh, It'll be at the Android Podcast. It'll be on Apple Podcasts. Um, You know, anywhere where you find a podcast, this will be there. Please support your boy. Um, If you have any comments or anything, you know, leave a comment on the on my Facebook page, uh, when I post it there, uh, if you have any, uh, topics you might want to talk about, hit me up. I'm very interested to hear what you guys think. Other than that, I'm signing out. It's your boy Greg G and I'll be back with you guys hopefully later on this week. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.